This is the voice of Carnage, and you are listening to Carnage Cast. Welcome to Carnage Cast 57. This is Ray. Tyler has taken the day off, so I am in charge here. Um, I promise I'm not going to wreck the ship too much in Tyler's absence. Uh, A Fistful of Carnage is only two weeks out. Um, So if you have not sent in your pre-registration packet yet, make sure you do so soon to get the games that you want to play in. Or you can show up at the door and take a chance with a roll of the dice about what games you can get into and which ones are already taken. Uh, If you haven't yet, you can download the convention book from carnagecon.com. Today we are going to be uh, interviewing Andrew Valkoskis, uh, who has done some many Norse-based games, um, and we're going to be talking about a couple of them today. How are you today, Andrew? Not too bad, Ray. How are you doing? I, yeah, no problem. Uh, you've done a Carnage cast before in the past, um, when the usual host was here, uh, talking about your Fate of the Norns game. Uh, today we're going to be talking about something a little bit different, um, we're talking about a card game that you have created. Yeah, that was uh, one of our Kickstarters uh, last winter, and uh, it came out in early spring. And uh, we just did a we just finished seven conventions in seven weeks. And uh, Gulveg, the card game, has been uh, quite a hit at those conventions, and we'll be bringing it to Carnage as well. Well, that's great to hear. So uh, the name of the game is Gulveg. Uh, what does that name mean? She is the old goddess of avarice. She belonged to the Vanir clan of gods, the ones before the Aesir. And these are the ones that you know from Marvel Comics like Thor, Odin, Heimdall. And um, so the game is all about bidding, bluffing, and scoring your way to victory. And uh, just because everyone's trying to get greedy with their bidding and their, and, uh, and their scoring, uh, we thought the theme was perfect, uh, perfectly named for her. So, um, take us through some basics of the game. Sure. It's a, it's a really simple game. It's like a beer and pretzels kind of game. Um, so it's closer to, let's say, a Euchre, a Poker, than a Magic the Gathering or a Pokemon. Um, it's, you've got four clans that are vying for supremacy. And um, so those are the, the new gods, the Azer gods, the old gods, the Vanir gods, the ice giants, and the fire giants. And um, everyone's bidding. They get dealt a, um, a hand of cards, and there are a couple of cards that are left face down in the middle, which are referred to as the treasure cards. And everyone starts bidding to see how many points they can get. The cards are super simple to read. There are only two stats on the card. There's a combat strength and a point value on the cards. And so everyone's bidding and bluffing to see how many points they're going to get. Uh, you're bluffing because you're trying to pat force people to go past their comfort zone, because if they're not going to make their bid, they're going to lose that many points. And the victory condition is just basically whoever coasts over the finish line first. So uh, you end up taking a look at maybe a game of 500 points or 1,000 points. Um, And there is the trump condition in the game as well, which is similar to hearts or spades. Uh, but instead of it being fixed, it's dynamic. So the hand starts with nothing being, uh, no clan having supremacy. And if you combine certain cards together, like Thor and his hammer Mjolnir, then the new gods gain supremacy. And so those cards get a bonus on the combat strength and they can beat all the other cards. And it's dynamic because someone else could combine two more cards and change the supremacy to, let's say, another clan. So it makes it a really interesting trick-taking game. So how many players is this game designed for? It's good for two to four, and uh, the uh, there are some expansion cards that you can sub into the game to change the dynamics of the game as well. 
What makes this card game different? I mean, you, you've talked about it a little bit, but what makes it different from other card games on the market this, these days? Well, I find that a lot of the ones uh, that are coming out these days are geared towards the hardcore gamers. I'm finding like games with a lot of stats on the cards, a long learning curve. Um, I wanted to create something that's very accessible. Uh, we've had kids as young as 11 at the table and uh, I guess grandparents around the table that are 70 that pick up this game no problems. And uh, with the other cards that you can sub in, you can add this, like, and I'm putting air quotes here, crunch factor to the game that'll appeal to the, the gamers as well. So it's, it's a broad base appeal, and then you can sub things in to make it more gamery or gamerish. Gamerish, right. Now, you said you could set different goals for what you're reaching for, 500 points, 1,000 points for the end of the game. How long does a typical game last if it's like a 500-point game, let's say? Um, that could be done in, let's say, 20 minutes, half an hour. And if you wanted to play for an hour or more, you could set it to, let's say, 1,000 points. And so when we do this in a tournament fashion, it's we, we break down tables into what we find is three-player uh, tables work best. And uh, we'll set the points to 400 to 500 points, depending on how many players we have. And we'll have one winner that moves on to the next round from each table. And when we've got a critical mass of players, then we've got prize support for every single round. So the winner that moves on will get something. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, uh, you guys are just, are you guys doing any tournament type stuff at Carnage this year? Or are you just doing a, just some regular demos of the game, basically? So we're going to have a couple of casual games on Friday night. Uh, you guys get a liquor license for uh, Carnage this year? Uh, <laughs> that, depending on where you're playing, yes. <laughs> okay, so yeah, it'll be good over a couple of beers. And then uh, after we've had a couple of uh, you know casual games on Friday and Saturday morning, we were thinking of organizing a tournament for Saturday afternoon. So we'll try to get a sign-up sheet out there at our booth or uh, in the card room, and uh, hopefully we can get a nice big critical mass, and uh, the prize support will scale based on the number of people that sign up. Yeah, what are the prizes? Okay, so what we're looking at is we're going to be bringing a lot of uh, Golveg decks, obviously, for everyone to play with. Um, so those could potentially be prize support at every single one of the tables. Uh, we've got rune decks as well, so Futhark rune sets that have been printed on uh, deluxe playing cards uh, that are usable with any of our games. And uh, if we get enough of a critical mass, I mean, we've got books like Fafner's Treasure, even the core rulebook that could go up on the, on the prize support. How much, uh, what's the MSRP on the, uh, on the game here, on Golveg? Golveg is uh, $20, and uh, we're going to be having a um, sale uh, on drive through cards uh, for October, so anyone that would like to potentially pick up a uh, deck before the show, uh, there's an option there as well. What's the learning curve like on this game? Is it something that people pick up? I mean, you talked about how you had young people and uh, older people playing it. Is it really easy to pick up? I think it's about five minutes as a learning curve, and then you probably have to play about two or three hands to get an idea of how much you can bid, because it's hard to explain, so you'll play through like three mock hands, and you'll be like, okay, I, I wrap my head around how many points each hand get, nets me, and then you know people can get into the bidding. So I'm saying like five minutes plus uh, you know a couple of hands, and, and you're good to go. Do you know of any other card games out there that are similar to this, or... Anything like that that people might be able to compare it to? I know you mentioned a couple uh, card games, uh, Hearts, Pinochle, various things like that. Um, are there any other games out there that you can think of that you know people who might not be playing with traditional cards might know about that would be something like this? 
Well, what was really funny is we went and demoed this at Alliance Open House in Indiana uh, during our convention circuit, and everyone started dubbing it Viking Euchre. And apparently, Euchre is like their, their state game. Uh, Michigan, Indiana, and, and I think one other state, people carry around decks of cards in their purses and pockets to, you know, three, three or four people get together, all of a sudden, a Euchre game breaks out. Um, so I've never played Euchre, but I'm thinking from the feedback that it's it's something similar in terms of uh, dynamics. So it's, it's a very quick and casual kind of game. And that's something we wanted in our, our Fate, of the, Fate of the Norns line. Uh, we do have another game coming up next year, uh, which is a lot more involved. And uh, that's called Vigrid, when we uh, launched that, the beta of that in uh, Gen Con. Okay, so, uh, and that's going to be a, a slightly more uh, involved card game as opposed to this? Yeah, absolutely. This um, the cards are all hexagonal based, so their rotation and their position matters in the game. And uh, the game works with asymmetric victory conditions, uh, many more factions, and a deck building component. So you're not working with one standard deck for all the players. Everyone comes in with their own pre-built decks. Right. So, and that's definitely one of the advantages of Goldvig. I know um, a lot of card games these days are either, you know, they're CCGs like Magic or things like that, where you have to buy a bunch of random cards, or they're LCGs where you have these set cards. This is just one deck of cards, and if you've played it at one person's house and somebody else has it, you're playing the same game at their house for the most part. It sounds like. Exactly. This new game that you got, Vigrid, it's uh, you're in the beta testing of it. Um, are you going to be kickstarting? Are you going to be kickstarting that as well? probably in 2015. So what I would really like to have is a, a print and play for the Kickstarter. Um, so what we're doing is refining the cards, refining some of the abilities and uh, the icons on the cards. So we've, we're working with hexagonal cards which have a different type of layout. Positioning and rotation matters. So depending on the six positions that you place a card around another card and the rotation of that card, uh, the dynamics of the games change. So we need to make sure that the UI, the, the ergonomics of the cards, the, the visual layout is very intuitive. And that's really where our, the bulk of our feedback was uh, during the beta at Gen Con when we first announced it and, and had some test games. Uh, everyone was very excited about the mechanics, the play, uh, but definitely people gave us really constructive feedback on how we can optimize the, the visuals on the cards. Right, right. Now, you've already done some projects on Kickstarter. Um, I don't know, Vigrid's going to be your fourth, fifth Kickstarter project? Something like that. Yeah, I've, I've lost count. <laughs> you've lost count. Yeah. Um, now, uh, you know, Kickstarter, it's, it's a great tool for people who are designing new games. Um, there's a lot of games out there. People can go to Kickstarter and, you know, support games that they like and all that stuff. Um, you want to walk us through some of, uh, you know, your trials and tribulations that you've had with Kickstarter with some of these games? You can use Goldvig as an example if you'd like. Um, yeah, so we really weren't sure on what the reception would be like for a card game. So uh, Pendlehaven and Fate of the Norns have been, you know, tightly linked at the at the arms in terms of this is an RPG, a Viking RPG kind of company and, and line of products. And with just the amount of success and the amount of players that we've had jump on board since our first Kickstarter in 2012, uh, we've had a lot of great ideas floating around in terms of board games, card games, novels, graphic novels. And so we said, okay, well, wh what are we going to test the waters with first? And we thought, well, let's let's go with our most casual and most, uh, you know, acceptable uh, 
game out there or easy to learn, and that would be Golveg. And we said, well, let's put Kickstarter, you um, uh, utilize Kickstarter as our surveying mechanism. So if we don't get a lot of feedback, it means that, you know what, people want us to continue with the RPG only, and that's where the interest kind of ends. Um, and we said, okay, if we put this out on Kickstarter and this does well, this means that there's an appetite for everything, Fate of the Norns, everything Viking, and we can start diversifying because we have been growing the team to have some specialized people on, on different product lines um, into, you know, cards, board games, and things like that. And I've got a funny anecdote with our latest book, Denizens of the North. Uh, one of my artists uh, redid the map of Midgard, which is the realm of mankind, and the canvas that she used was roughly the size of, almost the size of a dinner table. And it's wow. all hand-painted. Um, every single mountain or, or tree is unique. It's, it's not, you know, Photoshop stamped. And this thing looks absolutely mind-blowingly beautiful. And as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, damn you, now I have to create a board game. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there's going to be a lot of synergies between, uh, between all of these products. They're going to keep building the, the Fate of the Norns universe and, uh, you know, get people on board with all of the, the sagas and the myths uh, during the various points in time of, of the, the, the history and mythology. So, you know, our, our RPG takes place during Ragnarok, the end times, and uh, the Gulveg takes place a lot earlier when all of the clans were kind of at war with one another. And uh, again, our board game, still still very high-level concepts, will probably be taking on a different time period as well. Right. Oh, that makes sense. You know, you want to cover all of Norse mythology, not just part of it. Exactly. Um, and, you know, honestly, it's a, I, I have to admit, it's a bit of an educational tool, too, because it's been, you know, I knew a little bit about Norse mythology, but having, you know, played Fate of the Norns a little bit, I, I've, I've learned more and gone from there, so... Uh, now, you do have some, uh, you know, we've covered your card game a lot here, and, and that's great, and you're going to be playing that at Carnage. Uh, you said Friday night you're going to be playing some games, and then Saturday you've got um, possibly a tournament if you pull up enough interest. So we'll, we'll get a couple of casual games going on Friday night and Saturday morning in the cards area, and I think that's in the Snowshed this year? Yes, that'll be in Snowshed this year. Okay, and uh, and then if we've got enough critical mass, then we'll run a tournament on Saturday afternoon. Sounds like a great plan. Now, you also have some new products coming out for your RPG, is that correct? Yep, yep, definitely. Uh, we had a really interesting Kickstarter um, for our first lore book. And when we first did our core rulebook Kickstarter, uh, the lore book ended up being an, an extra that people, you know, signed up for and... Uh, given the interest, we were pegging it at something like 120, 130 pages. Uh, however, after doing a Kickstarter for it, uh, just to fund additional art, um, we ended up uh, going way above our expectations. Uh, in fact, now we're on the hook for two books. Uh, oh, wow. So Denizens of the North has now swelled to 400 or 400 plus pages. Uh, it's a, a massive lore book that covers everything from new playable archetypes, power spells, uh, all of these really interesting uh, denizens that make up the world of Midgard. So kings and uh, mercenaries and merchants that make the world go round and, and basically keep the, the power struggle and the power vacuums occupied during the, the turbulent times of Ragnarok. We've got chapters on magical items. We've got a new crafting system. 
Uh, we've got another saga, like so, a standalone adventure that's at the back of the book. Uh, we have another chapter on vignettes for different uh, storylines. And based on the stretch goals, we've even got additional content, like we've s spread the lore out into outer Midgard, so the Crusades. So, you know, you have, we're set around 934 AD, and we've got... Uh, Emperor Otto II and Pope John XII that were planning out their eastern expansion into Europe. And all of a sudden, you know, Ragnarok hits and the sun and moon get blotted out of the sky. And these two guys are like, wait a minute, we heard the Northmen talking about this. And so all of a sudden the crusade is now a northward crusade. And we've even got chapters now that deal with the Skraelings, which are the North American uh, population. So as you play your Vikings and you go on expeditions to Iceland, you can go to Greenland, you can go to North America and uh, and discover those kinds of uncharted territories. Or you can even become part of the Varangian Guard uh, down in the Mediterranean areas. So it, it's really become uh, just this massive, uh, I guess, lore book uh, since this last Kickstarter. And we're on the hook now for a second book because of that Kickstarter which is wonderful, and uh, the working title of it was Giants and Gods. So we were going to cover everything in the heavens, so the gods, the giants, the dwarves, the elves. Um, and uh, now it's been renamed to Lords of the Ash, so that's, that's going to be the, uh, the title of the next book that's coming out in early 2015. All right, that's very ambitious. It sounds like you got a lot of uh, popular response from the initial game that uh, made people really want to invest into this product and into this system. So what other Kickstarter projects have you had um, in the past that have done really well? So we had Golveg and Denizens in the North. And if I rewind a little bit uh, back to, I think, late 2013, we had the Iron Runes Kickstarter. And so that was to create a brand new set of runes uh, at the premium tier level because we wanted to retire the stone runes uh, to make them Kickstarter exclusives as the deluxe uh, rune set for our previous backers. And these are a brand new set of runes that are made out of stainless steel, uh, beautiful molds, and uh, they're now our deluxe level uh, tier set, uh, tier of runes, and we'll be bringing some to, uh, to Carnage so people can check them out. They're absolutely gorgeous. Getting your hands on a set of runes to be able to play these games can sometimes be difficult, but now that you guys have the cards and you have the... Uh... You have these other runes, like the, these ones, um, or then, you know, if you were lucky enough to get in on the other one to have the exclusive ones before that, um, it's really great. But the, uh, the runes definitely make the RPGs, uh, the RPG sing, honestly. Um, having played it before, I thoroughly enjoyed not having to roll dice all day long. They actually produce a very interesting game dynamic that uh, we're still exploring even further. So we, we do have a system that we're very, very happy with, RGS, Runic Game System. Um, but even with Denizens of the North, we're, we're playing around with other aspects of how we can use uh, runes and rune bags and the playmat in other very interesting and creative ways. And I don't see an end in sight. Andrew, what are all of the uh, games that are going to be run at Carnage this year under the Fate of the Norns umbrella? So we will have some Ragnarok games Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So that's our RPG that's uh, rune-based. And we will be uh, showcasing our very brand new uh, pre-generated characters for 2014-2015. So the Carnage crowd gets to see them first. And uh, exclusive, also Denizens of the North content in terms of uh, new sagas, new adventures that you guys will be going on. So um, that's the exciting part of the Ragnarok, the RPG side. 
And then for the Golveg side, we'll be running again all three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, games of Golveg. And uh, we'll also have a booth uh, so anyone can come by and ask some questions about the games, check out the books, check out the runes, and come say hi. Now, I, I have to ask, because it's been there before, is Mjolnir going to be there this year? <laughs> because there will be uh, several of us coming, absolutely. We're, we're going to bring it out again. I know last year a lot of people came by asking for it, and uh, I think I showed up at the show only myself. Yeah, so I didn't bring it that year. Uh, so, yeah, it will be back. Um, it won't be the same one you saw in 2012. That one actually sold at Montreal Comic-Con. Someone bought it from our booth. Uh, funny story, the guy just kept coming back, eyeballing it, and he said, how much? And we didn't even expect anyone to seriously buy the hammer, and we throw out a, a crazy figure, and he's like, okay, let me, let me go check with my wife. And he comes back, looks it over with his wife, they hit the ATM machine, come back, and, you know, boom. So hey, uh, why not, right? <laughs> exactly. They were like, "This is this is really going to tie our, our living room together." <laughs> well, you know, Mjolnir has th that's one of its secret abilities. Actually, is tying a living room together. Exactly. <laughs> so our old one was eighty nine pounds. The brand new one is hundred and nine pounds. It's an absolute beast. So yes, we we will be bringing it by. It'll probably be at the booth. So come try and check. Uh, lift it out over your head. If you can lift it up over your head one handed, you get a free book. <laughs> 109 pounds. I'm, I'm going to start working out now and, uh, and and get myself into this, get myself into shape to do this. I, you guys I, have insurance, right, as organizers of Carnage? Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, we have insurance. <laughs> <laughs> so with 2014 almost at its end, what can we look forward to from you in 2015? So, as I mentioned, Lords of the Ash is coming out next year, and uh, we are in discussions with a couple of authors, a couple of comic book artists, and a board game designer to uh, potentially bring you a line of Fate of the Norns novels. So stories, uh, graphic novels, so some comic books, and definitely a board game that's going to feature that stunning piece of artwork that's going to make for a, a fantastic centerpiece for a board game. Uh, we have been talking with Andrew Valkoskis today. Uh, Andrew, is there anything that uh, you'd like to say to Carnage goers this year? Well, I'd like to thank you, Ray, for this great interview, Tyler for running Carnage Cast, and I really look forward to seeing everyone at Carnage again this year. It's, it'll be our third Carnage, and it's one of the shows that we look forward to the most during the year. All right, so um, remember, listeners, to subscribe to us on iTunes. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash carnagecon. You can tweet us at twitter.com slash carnagecon. And as always, you can check us out on our webpage at carnagecon.com. Uh, so thank you, Andrew. My pleasure. You've been listening to Carnage Cast, a production of NNEG LLC. All rights reserved. For more information, visit us at www.carnagecon.com.